How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. If you are new to the channel, make sure to drop a like and a subscription if you are new and you enjoy the video. Obviously, we're going to be here every single day getting you guys all the Yankee content you could possibly hope for. And today we're talking about the left field position and the top free agent guy in the market, Jerickson Profar. Now, The Athletic reported yesterday that Jerickson Profar wants $10 million. So we want to discuss... Is it worth it? Is it worth it to go and find a guy like Profar to inject into this position battle? Do we have the pieces now that can start and we're confident in them? Or do we think we could use the support? And where would we get that money from in the first place if it is worthwhile? And we come to the conclusion that, yes, we could use an additional piece there. Uh, but, Ryan, before we dive into, you know, talking about Jerks and Profar, what he would bring to this team and why we would prefer or not prefer him to be signed, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing really well. You know, again, it's just good to have baseball back and to, you know, we haven't really talked about Profar in a while just because his market's kind of gone quiet, right? Um, I imagine the Texas Rangers would be a team that would be involved with Jerks and Profar just because they needed outfielders and they ended up signing uh, Cole Calhoun instead. So Profar's mar market kind of seems a little thin, right? You know, you're kind of looking at teams that could potentially have been looking for outfielders. The Yankees still stand out as one of them uh, because they are a contending team and Profar's a switch hitter and the Yankees like guys who walk. But it's just like, at this point, you know, it's, as you mentioned, it's a $10 million price tag. The Yankees don't have $10 million between them and the fourth luxury tax threshold. They have less than a million dollars. So, you know, the, uh, the immediate response would be move IKF, and that's great. That's $6 million. We are still about $3.5 million short of what we need to get to to sign Profar. And on top of that, would you rather pigeonhole yourself into signing Profar or just kind of waiting until the deadline comes around, still moving IKF so you can free up money and roster space, giving an opportunity to a Rafael Ortega. Aaron Hicks has looked good in spring training, and he mentioned making an adjustment to, uh, with his left-handed swing. So, you know, you're kind of taking a risk with, you know, Ortega or Calhoun as one of your bench bats and then uh, Hicks hoping that he can bounce back a little bit. But quite frankly, I'm going to take that flyer and look at that and say, okay, I'm willing to roll with this for half a season or not even half the season until the deadline and then when I get to the deadline I can have my picking as to multiple guys available whereas if you sign Profar for 10 million dollars are the Yankees going to DFA Profar at 10 million dollars and then trade for another outfielder right I'm not saying that they won't but doesn't that feel like a like really poor asset management 10 million dollars of your luxury tax space just went to Jerks and Profar who required you to probably move an Isaiah Kanafalefa and then a reliever and the guy who would probably get moved is a guy like Lou Trevino the Yankees are down Tommy Canley, right? He has right, right bicep tendonitis. Aaron Boone says he'll be back hopefully around spring train, uh, the end of spring training and opening day. Canley said something different. He believes it'll be about a month, right? But the point is that, well, Tommy Canley's not available right now, right? We haven't seen Ron Marinacio yet. We know he had a setback with his shin earlier in October last year, right? So maybe he's still battling that. But the point is there are a lot of things that are uncertain with any bullpen, right? There's always injuries. There's always guys who go down, whether it's for 15 days, a month, two months. We've seen Loisaga. He was awful to start the year, and he was battling shoulder issues. So you're not going to trade out of your bullpen depth, trade a backup infielder, and then sign an outfielder who you're not sure is better than your internal options. Um, and so end of the day right now, I don't know if you agree with me here, but $10 million for Jerks and Profar on top of having to move two major league players and then benching Aaron Hicks and then cutting both Ortega and Calhoun, that feels like a lot of things to do for a guy who I'm, again, not sure is significantly better than the options we have internally. Right. And you can make a pretty strong argument that the reason the Yankees would wait until the deadline, you know, over the summer to address this left field position, if they needed to, there's actually a couple of reasons, right? One, you give your available options opportunities to lock down the job. You know, you see if Aaron Hicks can bounce back. You see if Rafael Ortega continues hitting well as he has this spring. 
Maybe Oswaldo Cabrera ends up kicking ass and they want to get him in, um, in the equation on an everyday basis. So obviously, like, that would be an ideal situation. They find a solution that's already on the roster. They don't have to spend any extra. They don't have to give up assets. But if things end up going a different direction, you could look to IKF and you could trade him and just keep the $6 million, right? You don't have to go out and immediately spend it. You could trade IKF this offseason um, if, they, if they see it's a suitable move. Keep that six million, and then you can go and trade for a player later on. And you have to, you're going to have to take on some of that salary. You have a little bit of room to work with there. You know, you have a little bit um, of of flexibility in terms of salary space and accumulating or uh, acquiring a player who may come with a little bit of money that you need to fit under that um, you know cap before you hit the, the that Steve Cohen luxury tax threshold. Some are calling it. So, I think that's probably the best move. Also, there's another option, or there's another um, kind of variable to mention here is just overall health, right? If you go and you sign Jerks and Profile right now and you give him $10 million, what happens if he gets hurt, right? Now you are you have no money, you have no flexibility, because like you said, just to sign Profar, you're going to have to trade IKF or you're going to have to trade Gleyber Torres. Torres is $10 million, matches up quite well with Profar, but of course you probably get a starting level player, a bull, maybe a high-end bullpen piece in return for Gleyber, and you get Profar, so How's that for an option? You know, if you're looking at the Yankees, look at how well Anthony Volpe's playing right now. DJ LeMahieu looks really good. Is there an argument to make that maybe Torres is expendable right now and you could trade him for $10 million, you get a starting-level player, and then when you walk away with a starting-level player and Jerks and Profar in left field, it's certainly a worthwhile discussion to have. Yeah, so the way I look at it with Glaber Torres, Jerks, and Profar, kind of like that entire situation, you are right. The salaries match up perfectly. You would move Glaber Torres, you would sign Jerks and Profar, and that's your salary matcher, right? But as you mentioned, number one, the Yankees have to find a match for Glaber Torres that would be worthwhile. And then number two, his replacement has to be pretty good. Anthony Volpe's looked really good in spring training. There is no doubt about that. I think the defense is better than I anticipated it being. Uh, the walk rate's good. He's hitting the ball hard. He's generating a lot of line drives. But the big thing here for me is that I just I don't really know if Anthony Volpe right now was a better hitter than Glaber Torres, and this team needs bats, right? Um, and, and again, you know, it it feels kind of weird to say this because I realize that again, you know, Jerickson Profar is a better hitter right now than Aaron Hicks is, right? Like if you look at projections, if you look at past results, Aaron Hicks is a worse hitter than Jerickson Profar. Um, is that to say that Jerickson Profar every time you if you were to simulate the 2023 season 100 times, how many times would Jerickson Profar be better than Aaron Hicks? It wouldn't be 100, but it's certainly I think be more than 50 right so um the way I look at it is yes you're upgrading left field but I feel like the Glaber Tours is such an essential part of what this team does this team's power identity this team's ability to generate uh you know strong batted balls strong quality strong quality of contact Glaber Tours excels in those regards and so for those reasons I feel like I need Glaber Tours to still be on the Yankees um and I also just need to know what Anthony Volpe is at the major league level before I'm comfortable moving uh Glaber Torres Remember, you're, you're, you're trading a quality starting second baseman in the middle of his prime. You have to be very sure about what his replacement is. Now, I guess a good argument and a good counterpoint would be LeMahieu could be the second baseman and Donaldson would be the third baseman. And while I think Donaldson is not, should not be the third baseman, I think it should be LeMahieu, the Yankees think differently. And the same way I, uh, you know, the Yankees are kind of letting Aaron Hicks prove to them whether he's still the got it or not, the Yankees are going to let Josh Donaldson prove the same thing. So in a world where you say, you know, the Yankees get a, a high-value bullpen arm, someone that is, you know, just makes that bullpen so much better, or maybe even a starting pitcher. Again, I don't know really what the trade return would look like for Gleyber Torres, but I do know that the Los Angeles Dodgers would be all over Gleyber Torres, and they have plenty of arms that are highly, very, very enticing. Uh, so if you were telling me that the Yankees flipped Gleyber for a high-priced bullpen arm, they signed Profar, 
you know, DJ's a second baseman. Volpe gets a roster spot. Kind of, LeMahieu is the rover still, but Volpe's getting everyday playing time. And so you have your backup option if Volpe doesn't do well, which is LeMahieu. And if Volpe excels, well, now you have your starting second baseman. I'm totally on board for that. I, I can I can see that argument. I just wouldn't. I think that's a lot of moving pieces. I think that's a lot of changing around the team, and I'm not comfortable doing that. But again, that's just how I view baseball. It, you know, there are a lot of reasons to argue against the way I view baseball. So um, it's a very interesting point for sure. I think that's definitely something that could spur uh, a lot of debate in the comment section. That's definitely true. I mean, we always like spurring good debate and obviously civil conversation, my friends. So, you know, always drop your thoughts in the YouTube comments. Always happy to have a conversation there. But I'll ask you this, Ryan, one more thing. Do you think that if they were to sign Jerks and Profar, he's the best left fielder on the team immediately? Or do you think that he's just another competitor? Because I think that that's kind of the main argument here. Like, how much better is he than anything we have? Uh, and is it worth it to add someone who may be marginally better, slim, um, you know, kind of margins there? If you look at his stats from last year, of course, he's a switch hitter, 30 years old, a little bit younger than Aaron Hicks, a little bit younger than uh, Rafael Ortega. He had 243 with a 331 OBP last year, 15 homers, 58 RBIs, 15.7% strikeout rate, pretty good, and then 11% walk rate, also solid. He's, he's, he's got some decent numbers. Um, defensively, he's probably an average player, 110 WRC plus 2.5 war last year. They, the steamer projections don't have him um, you know, replicating those statistics. They have him only playing in 97 games, which is really interesting. So if you're looking at Jerks and Profard, how much better do you think he is than anybody we have on the team? Because I think that's kind of the main argument. Yeah, so uh, the way I look at it is, so I wrote an article on Jerks and Profar earlier in the winter, um, and, you know, the way I view it is that Jerks and Profar is better than Aaron Hicks, right? And I think that Jerks and Profar has the same, he's kind of, he, he carries similar qualities to Aaron Hicks in the sense that both of them walk a lot, but Profar has the better uh, contact rates. I think the power upside for Profar is the same as Aaron Hicks, which tells me that I, the way I view it is just that Profar is a slightly better version of Aaron Hicks offensively in terms of ceiling, and I think currently he's the better player. I, I, I think he's more healthy I think the better defender and base runner is Aaron Hicks which is why it gets a little bit confusing where it's like you know how much better you know the gap between the offense and the defense you know what is it and the gap in base running right like how valuable are these things how how much is that war gap going to be because if that war the war gap for Aaron Hicks and Jerkson profile last year profile played 200 more play appearances and was still only one war better than Aaron Hicks in F war right now in R war Jerkson profile is a lot better now R war is baseball reference war and the gap there is in defensive run save versus outs above average um you know Profar has a really good arm so his defense in terms of defensive run saves is really good but his range is bad so his defense in terms of outs above average which doesn't account for arm it is strictly a range metric doesn't like him very much uh so um the way I look at it is if they're within one war of each other next year um, you know, it's kind of not a great signing because, you know, one war is kind of the margin of error for that metric. If you're within one war of a player, you're typically around as good as that player. Um, so it's a little bit, it's one of those things where I would say Profar is better than Hicks. I don't know how much better than he is than Hicks. And I don't know if he's better than Hicks to the point where it would justify paying him $10 million. And as you mentioned, either moving Glaber Torres or moving IKF and a reliever. Um, so End of the day, I mean, on top of that, too, we're assuming that they trade these guys and that the guys they get back don't impact the luxury tax in the slightest, right? So it, it's a really, it's tough because I, I feel like there's a really good argument for both sides here for the side of just roll with what you have Aaron Hicks. You know, if he sucks, you have Cabrera there, you have Ortega, you have or Calhoun or both, I don't know. Um, and then it, 
the, the profile argument is very fair. Higher floor. This guy's been to a postseason, has succeeded in the postseason, is a high OBP guy. You slot him in the sixth spot. He deepens your lineup. He's a switch hitter. You know, maybe the glove gets better at Yankee Stadium. Left field at Yankee Stadium is a little bit easier than San Diego. There are so many, there are, there are so many different angles to take here. Uh, but my, my conclusion would be that Hicks is worse than Jerkson profile, but I think they can put up similar value next year. And I don't think I'm going to pay the $10 million for Profar and move the players necessary to open up cap space for Profar. Right. So I guess the conclusion is he's marginally better at best. So if you're going to kind of go down that that alley, they're going to kind of use that narrative, it makes no sense to go and acquire Jerks and Profar, right? Because you want to give Oswaldo Cabrera an opportunity maybe in the starting role. Maybe you want to give Rafael Ortega a fair shot at landing the starting job. Obviously, yesterday, Aaron Hicks dropped a fly ball. Um, but traditionally, he's been a good defensive left fielder. So the question is, who's going to step up? Who's going to rise to the occasion? Who's going to take this opportunity and run with it? Personally, Rafael Ortega has looked really freaking good lately. I like his energy. I like how he approaches the game. He's aggressive, but he's also not afraid to take a take a ball um, You know, on an 0-2 count. Like, I really like the way he's composed, and it looks like he wants this. You know, just the way that he hustles, the way he's been looking. He worked two walks yesterday in the win over the Pirates. He's been solid. I've been very impressed with him. Now, obviously, spring, stra- spring stats don't always translate to the MLB, but you get a good idea of how a player is feeling um, during the spring. Now, I'd like to see him get an opportunity to start in left field, and even if they kind of platoonate with Aaron Hicks in the beginning of the season, I think both those guys earn an opportunity, um, and, and at least... Rafael Ortega has put enough on the field that I'm willing to give him a shot because Aaron Hicks traditionally has not been that good, and he hasn't been that great this spring. He's been, like, good, not great. Um, I don't exactly remember what his stats are. Do you know what his spring stats are? I'll look it up right now. Uh, for Ortega? Um, for for Hicks. Hicks. I can tell you right now. So Hicks' spring uh, stats, they're, what are they? They're uh, 13 at-bats, five hits, four runs, a, a homer, an RBI. So he's hitting 385. Um, average and an OBP of 385 as well. So he's been good. He's been good. Um, totally fine. Defensively, obviously, he had the drop ball, but that's a rarity for him. Doesn't happen. I mean, I guess not so rare. Last year, he did the same thing and then forgot it was in play. So, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. He has, I think he's a good defensive left fielder that just, like, there are just some mishaps. I think a lot of this has to do with Aaron Hicks pressing, too. I think that the, the head on the, Aaron Hicks is, the head on Aaron Hicks's shoulders matters to me just as much as the performance in spring training. He opened up about how he was pressing last year. This, the chase rates show that. He was swinging so much more in that second half. You know, I, I rave about this with Rafael Ortega because he has great play discipline. Aaron Hicks has great play discipline too. He's got to stay within himself, right? You know, we talk about Profar. His big selling point is play discipline. If Aaron Hicks can stay within himself, the talks about Profar are going to die quiet down and no one's really going to be, you know, there's not a lot of Yankee fans clamoring for Jerickson Profar right now, at least from what we've seen. So yeah. the way I look at it is if Hicks stays within himself, there's no real re- – he's not going to be hated if he stays within himself in terms of plate discipline. It's when he tries to be Aaron Judge that offense doesn't come for him. Right. That makes sense. I mean, the thing is, it's all confidence-based for for Aaron Hicks, right? If he's feeling good and feeling confident, he's a good player and he contributes. But when he's not feeling good, those cold streaks last full seasons. You know, they don't just go away for a month or two months. Like, he sucks a lot and every single day. Um, every now and then he'll come up in a big moment. Last year, the, the the grand slam to win the game or something like that. But you know his big moments, like they don't erase the consistent 
poor performances. So it is something to keep a, keep an eye on. Rafael Ortega is a guy that we're very, very excited about, and we hope he can do some good things for this Yankee team. At least I think he should be firmly in the mix there. But guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives below on who you think should be competing for this left field spot. Of course, it's kind of an ongoing conversation. I uh, wanted to discuss Profar because they dropped some numbers and in regard to how much he would cost, so I thought it was worthwhile to mention and discuss if he's even worth it at that price point and kind of what we've seen this spring to justify any other players getting time um, at the starting job. But as always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe as always. Make sure to turn the notifications on so you don't miss an episode. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.